from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Seidenberg, back here with you. It's Look Ahead on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. You can always hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Another slate of series will begin here in Major League Baseball on Tuesday, and we will keep an eye on the series that are beginning here. Why? Well, because we're going to prepare for getaway day. Yes. Looking ahead to getaway day on Thursday, these are your early games. At 12.35 Eastern time, Brewers Brewers and Pirates, as well as Padres Reds. At 1 o'clock Eastern time, Yankees Orioles, Rockies Phillies, Marlins Nationals, Tigers Twins, Mariners Rays. At 2 o'clock Eastern time, Astros Rangers, Royals White Sox. At 3 o'clock, Red Sox, Blue Jays. Do I need to go further? Everyone's playing during the day on Thursday. There are two night games. Cubs, Braves, and Diamondbacks, Cardinals. Everyone, Thursday night's going to be about the NFL draft. Thursday during the day, though, can't forget about getaway day baseball. But now we backtrack. You see proper storytelling. You don't exactly have to go in chronological order. We're trying to build the story here. So the story is about Getaway Day Thursday. Now we backtrack to get to where we are here on Tuesday, which is the start of these series. Brewers Pirates get underway. Brandon Woodruff against Mitch Keller. Uh, the Brewers played that one makeup game here on Monday against the Giants and uh, blew the lead. The bullpen did not have their big guns available. Corbin Burns was fantastic with his 11 strikeouts, but the Giants did score four runs late, two in the eighth and two in the ninth to get the victory there over the Brew Crew. So the Brewers begin a series here in Pittsburgh against the Pirates. And look, I think the Pirates are a little undervalued. The Pirates are a very good team. They're a very good offense. They can absolutely steal games. Last time they've played the Brewers, they were swept in all three games. So we'll see if uh, they exact a little revenge at home. Brandon Woodruff gets to start, like I said, against Mitch Keller. Total is seven, which is low. Uh, Padres and the Reds from Cincinnati. Joe Musgrove on the hill against Reverse Samartin. Um, and uh, this, the Reds, this might be the swagger spot that our friend Dave Tooley talks about all the time. Um, the Reds just snapped an 11-game losing streak. So now do they play with a little confidence at home against the Padres beginning this series. That would be the swagger play. Mariners in Tampa to take on the Rays. Logan Gilbert, again, against uh, Matt Whistler in this one. 
Uh, the Rockies and Phillies will continue their four-game set. Herman Marquez against Zach Eflin. Orioles take on the Yankees in the Bronx. Jordan Lyles against Luis Severino. The Bombers are heavily favored, minus 275. Marlins and Nationals from D.C. It's Sandy Day. Sandy Alcantara goes against Josiah Gray. Miami, minus 135 on the road, backing Sandy Alcantara there. Red Sox at the Blue Jays, continuing their series. Nick Pavetta goes against Kevin Gosman. The Blue Jays won this one 6-2. It was a 2-2 game until, I believe, it was Bichette who hit the Grand Slam, right? Am I correct on that? Um, there was a, yeah, uh, Bichette hit the Grand Slam. So they win 6-2 in the first game of this four-game set. Elsewhere, it's the Royals at the White Sox. Daniel Lynch against Dallas Keuchel. Dallas Keuchel has been an auto-fade this year. And as much as I, I'd like to back, back the White Sox here, because I think the White Sox are in a position where they're going to break out. They're going to break out of this slump. They have lost six straight games now, three straight to the Guardians, and then three straight to the Twins. All of those were on the road. They return home now. But Dallas Keuchel this year, in his first start at home against Seattle, gave up three runs on six hits in five innings. In his second start against the Cleveland Guardians, was tagged for 10 runs on 10 hits in just an inning of work. I, I believe the White Sox will break out of this. I just can't do it with Dallas Keuchel on the mound. I want to believe that they will break out of this. Wish anybody else was pitching. Cubs take on the Braves. Marcus Stroman against Max Freed. Atlanta minus 170 in this one with a total of eight. Tigers are at the Twins. Eduardo Rodriguez against Chris Paddock. Uh, Minnesota minus 140. Mets and Cardinals will continue their series after what an exciting game we saw here on Monday. An absolute pitcher's duel between Max Scherzer and Miles Michaelis. Scherzer was incredible. 10 strikeouts was insane. The Mets down 2 nothing in the top of the ninth inning with a runner on second and two outs. Ground ball to Nolan Arenado, who, I mean, I said it before, is a nine-time gold glover. I should probably check that to make sure I'm correct. I might be making that up. But uh, I think he's a nine-time gold glover. He is a nine-time gold glover. Look at this. Look at this guy. So, he throws the ball away. That never happens. Ever. And so the Mets score one on that. Now, what was crazy was that Mark Hanna didn't even go to second on the overthrow. He stayed at first. But then there was, uh, I think it was Jeff McNeil hit a double. Um, and it was second and third. And then, again, two outs. Dominic Smith hits a, a shot that Paul Goldschmidt dives, makes an incredible play at first. Smith beats it out. Not only does one run score, but the go-ahead run scores 
because the pitcher, Gallegos, wasn't paying attention after he tried to make the play at first. He turns around too late, go-ahead run scores, and then a two-run home run um, by uh, Brandon Nimmo to score Dominic Smith, and it was a five-run top of the ninth inning, all with two outs. All because Mark Canna put together one heck of an at-bat against Gallegos. Mets win 5-2. to two. So game two of the series, Chris Bassett going up against uh, Jordan Hicks. Mets are minus 115, total of seven. Astros and Rangers continue their series, which the Rangers uh, scored late and won uh, in game one. Jake Odorizzi goes for Houston. Taylor Hearn for Texas. Total of nine there. It's pretty high, but these two teams can score. Guardians against the Angels. It's the Guardian Angel series. Kind of funny. I can't be the first person to make that joke, right? The Guardian Angel series. Get it? Guardian Angels. Guardian Angels. Uh, LA minus 160. Patrick Sandoval is on the hill against Tristan McKenzie. Uh, Sandoval's been good. Hasn't picked up a decision, though, in both of his starts, but hasn't allowed an earned run yet. One run on uh, three hits in four innings in his first start. One run on four hits in th- four innings in his second start. Both of those runs were unearned. So the dude's got a zero ERA through his two starts this season. Tony Gonsolin against Zach Davies as the Dodgers take on the Diamondbacks. Dodgers minus 200. And then you got the A's and the Giants. A little Bay Bridge series there. Uh, Dalton Jeffries goes for Oakland. Carlos Rodon. On the hill for the Giants, San Francisco minus 270 in that game. So you got some heavy favorites on the board. You got San Francisco minus 270, Dodgers minus 200, the Yankees are minus 275, and then you have a bunch of minus 175s in the Brewers, Padres, Phillies are minus 170, Toronto's minus 185, Atlanta's minus 170. So some pretty high lines on the schedule here for uh, for Tuesday. So you might want to attack some run lines, try and take an advantage of, you know, lowering the juice. Although I bet a run line here on Monday, the Phillies, even though I always say don't bet a run line with the home team, but I was just so confident in Philly scoring runs. That's why my play of the day was the team total over four and a half, and they scored eight. But they, you could do run line, like if you want Yankees, um, if you want the heavy favorites, like Yankees, uh, Giants. Dodgers would make sense on the road because the Dodgers are guaranteed that ninth inning. So that's the thing. If you're going to bet a run line, you want to make sure the team is guaranteed that ninth at bat, which, or, or you just think there's just that big of an offensive advantage, which could happen you know, with a home team like that. I honestly think that, you know, Jordan Lyles in his last couple of starts for the A's, last start, uh, excuse me, against for the Orioles, last start against the A's, five shutout innings. He gave up one run on six hits and five and a third the last time he faced the Yankees. That was a 2-1 game that ended in 11 innings. The Orioles have been a great under team. Their pitching has been fantastic. The Yankees pitching has actually been fantastic as well. And with a day off, that means the Yankees' big arms out of the bullpen are available and rested. So 
you know, we could look at a situation here. You got Luis Severino backed up by some of the big arms from the Yankee bullpen, and maybe this under eight could be the way to look. We'll continue to think about it. Let's talk a little bit more Major League Baseball coming up next. Our very own Greg Peterson, host of the Greg Peterson Experience and the Baseball Betting Show podcast, will join me coming up here. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead. Scott Satterberg back here with you. It is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Joining me to talk a little baseball is the host of the Baseball Betting Show podcast, available on vsin.com slash podcasts, and the Greg Peterson experience, and so oftentimes on The Look Ahead, filling in right here for yours truly. He is Greg Peterson. Greg, uh, when you look at the board here for Tuesday in Major League Baseball, we got some heavy favorites uh, the Dodgers, the Giants, the Yankees, all laying north of $2 in their respected matchups. Any of those teams you're looking to play against here on Tuesday? I think just on value and value alone, I'm going to be taking a look at the Oakland A's. Right now, I'm finding them in a lot of places right around a plus 230 to a plus 240. And will Dalton Jeffries continue to have a sub-1-5 ERA? No, but at the same time, with the Oakland A's, you've been getting a good, honest effort out of them. Stephen Piscotty wanted coming back for the team on Sunday, wound up having the big home run. That wound up lifting them to a 2-0 win in that game against Texas. And the Giants wound up just playing this really random one game against the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, they have to go from this great state of Wisconsin back to California to travel for that game. Meanwhile, the Oakland A's, they're rested up. They're both on one getting a day of rest and for the San Francisco Giants, you wind up having to utilize a bullpen game for them as well. So I'm not saying that the Oakland A's should be a favorite or anything like that, but north of $2, given the circumstances, I think that you're getting relatively good value with the A's. What about this Yankees and Orioles matchup? Would you consider a play on the under, just looking at how well the Orioles have pitched so far this year, the offense not so much, and the Yankees, with Luis Severino starting and all of their bullpen arms fresh with the day off, would an under be a worth a look? I know it's Yankee Stadium, so you never like betting an under at Yankee Stadium. But considering the pitching, could you eye that a little bit? Honestly, with the total of eight, I think that it's went down just a little bit too much because the Yankees by themselves could wind up putting up eight runs in this game. And you got Jordan Lyles, who wound up giving up 38 home runs last season. Guy is just someone that winds up giving up the deep ball. And with the Orioles bullpen, I do think that they're due in for a little bit of regression. They're a team that they rank towards the top half with regards to their bullpen ERA. They certainly have been good to the under this season. But I do take a look at Luis Severino as well. Case of which you've got a guy that hadn't really pitched since 2019 up until this season. So we've got a small sample size on him. So far, so good. And I do think that he's going to have a relatively solid season. But even with that as well, the Baltimore Orioles, they've only had six home runs this season. They've got so many guys in that lineup, like Ryan Mountcastle, like a Trey Mancini, that I do think that they're going to get going. If this was more of an ENAF slash nine, I would start to consider it at eight with it being Yankee Stadium. I think that it's just gotten too low for me to consider an under. Yeah, a couple of fly balls to right field, and they wind up being home runs. And whenever you have a righty pitching, it means the lefties for Yankees, for the Yankees, even as bad as a guy as Joey Gallo has been, all it takes is a fly ball to right field, and that thing is going uh, over that short wall. 
Uh, Marlins take on the Nationals, Greg. It's Sandy Day. Sandy Alcantara on the hill. Uh, I, I'm probably going to be backing the Marlins in this one. Do you like Sandy going up against the Nationals? The big thing with Sandy Alcantara that I've always taken a look at is that his home and road splits aren't necessarily great. At home last year, he registered right around a 2-4 GRA. On the road, that was a little bit north of 4 eh? which is I great. Gray has actually been relatively solid here recently. Wound up having a rough first start. Last two starts has given up a combined one run. I do think that this is a case in which a Marlins should be a favorite. Right now, I'm finding them in a lot of spots, more around a minus 130-ish. I would need this to get back down to about a minus 120, which was the opening number on the Miami Marlins, and we've just seen it with the Miami Marlins. If you want to back this team, you've got to do it early because in a lot of cases, whenever you do have Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Trevor Rogers, all their very solid pitchers, they wind up getting steamed up overnight. So you can get like a minus 120 on the open, which I would advise a play on. But if you're taking a look right now, it's already at minus 130. I think that this is going to continue to go in the Marlins' favor. We would not be surprised if you wind up getting it when first pitch winds up going off at a minus 140, maybe even a minus 145. So I do think that the vote is starting to get a little bit missed here with the Miami Marlins and, and things wind up going along. I think that more steam is going to come in on them. Rockies, Phillies, game two of that series at Citizens Bank. Total is eight. Philly minus 170. Zach Eflin against Herman Marquez. Any thoughts here? I think that if this line continues to go the way that it's going, and we wind up seeing the Philadelphia Phillies open up right around a minus 140 favor. Now, as you mentioned, it's up to a minus 165. That Now there's starting to be value on the Colorado Rockies. On the open, I really didn't like it. But if you want to get north of a plus 140, plus 145-ish like you've got right now, I do think that there is good value on Marquez. Someone that does a solid job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. He does wind up giving up three walks per nine innings. And to Zach Eflin's credit, he won't put guys on cheaply. Guy that winds up giving up right around two walks per nine innings. But Eflin is very much a guy that's going to give up contact. And it's going to give up hard contact. And something that I do like to see with the Rockies is that last year this team was just having very demonstrative offensive splits home to road. And you're just going to have that with the Colorado Rockies no matter what. Because... As we know, when you're out there in Coors Field, much easier to be able to hit, but we've noticed that bringing in Chris Bryant is allowed for the deep ball. Connor Joe wound up having a leadoff home run on Monday. He has been very solid, hitting above a three for the Colorado Rockies. And a Rockies bullpen that was in the bottom five in terms of ERA last season, they've been in the upper half of the league. Meanwhile, the Phillies, they've been in the bottom five. So I'm going to be looking at the Rockies. I think that this number has gotten up to a point where there's good value on them. The White Sox uh, looking to snap their six-game losing streak. They're hosting the Royals. I, 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 I believe the White Sox, Greg, will break out of this slump, this losing streak. Uh, they are putting good contact on balls. They're hitting balls hard. They're expecting ba- their expected batting average is much higher than what their actual batting average is. That being said, it's Dallas Keuchel. And if it were any other pitcher, I'd want to back the White Sox. I can't back Dallas Keuchel right now. It is very tough, but I also can't back Daniel Lynch, a guy that for <laughs> 5-5-ERA. And you take a look at Dallas Keuchel, and ever since the beginning of the 2021 season, opponents are a 297 off of him. Daniel Lynch, since the beginning of the 2021 season, opponents are a 298 off of him. Right now you've got Liam Hendricks, who's been a little bit banged up for the Chicago White Sox. Probably should not have been pitching on Sunday when he wanted giving up that absolute tank shot to Byron Buxton to walk that game off. And really, both of these bullpens, 
have not been great. Both of these teams outside the top 15 with regards to bullpen ERA. And my DK Nation pick is not going to be on the side in this game, but rather the total. Wound up starting out at eight and a half. I liked it over then. Even at a nine right now, I still like it over. I really take a look at both of these guys. You can't back, back Dallas Keiko. I bet I can't back Daniel Lynch. And quite honestly, I think the both guys are going to get shelled in this one. So over nine is something that I do absolutely love. And I do think that the White Sox are going to be able to bust out of this funk. Even at right around a minus 140, minus 145 would be a little bit more inclined to back them rather than taking the Royals. But really do like the total in this spot over. I like that as well. I was thinking about the first five total um, going, you know, over a four and a half, thinking that there's going to be five runs scored in the first yeah, five innings. Oh, yeah. But um, maybe the game total might be safer, right? Just just give myself more innings and more chances and hope <laughs> that uh, at the very worst case scenario, 4-4 four, four going into extra innings is guaranteeing yourself a, at least a push. So... Uh, yep, exactly. Get four runs out of both teams, and I think that that's very realistic. Yeah, absolutely there. Uh, any feel on game two between the Mets and the Cardinals? When you, What you saw here with a pitcher's duel between Scherzer and Michaelis in game one of the series, and the Mets very fortunate to get that win, scoring the five runs with two outs in the ninth inning after the Arenado throwing era. Yep, I wound up making this line Mets minus 113. So on the open, we wound up seeing a lot of minus 105, minus 110-ish. That would be a play here for the Mets. If you're seeing minus 115, I would let it bounce around a little bit more. But with that said, currently seeing a total anywhere between 7 and 7.5. I'm looking at a total, and I like this total over. I want to say mine a little bit closer to 8 because this is essentially going to be a bullpen game for the St. Louis Cardinals. Jordan Nix wound up making two relief appearances of two innings, and then he wound up throwing three innings in his first start against the Miami Marlins. Are they going to try to stretch him out? Yes, but I don't think you're going to get really much more than four innings out of him. It's a St. Louis Cardinals bullpen that's been relatively taxed. And as we know, with the Mets, they wound up selling off quite a few of their bullpen pieces. Aaron Loop, Jurisic Familia, these guys are no longer in the fold during their Miguel Castro as well. Chris Bassett has been relatively solid, but both of these offenses have been two of the better ones out there in the National League. So looking over and at a minus 113 or less, like I said, I'm seeing about a 50% of books offering that. I'd be taking a look at the bets as well. Greg, appreciate the time and the conversation. We'll be listening to the podcast and watching you on the Greg Peterson Experience coming up this weekend. Scott, always appreciate it, and I always appreciate you when you join that podcast as well. Thank you so much. Love it. The baseball, VSIN baseball betting show available, vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from. And uh, be sure to catch the Greg Peterson Experience weekends here on VSIN. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. We have a busy, busy schedule on the ice coming up on Tuesday where teams are fighting for their playoff lives. We'll talk about where we can find some advantages coming up next. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Denberg back here. It's The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. There is just uh, three two or three games for most teams left in the NHL regular season. And the only thing that is really up for grabs right now is still who's going to be the three seed in the Atlantic division versus who will be a wildcard team as the Bruins are just three points back of the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
in the uh, wild card. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, the third place spot in the Metropolitan is up for grabs as the Penguins are just one point ahead of the Capitals. And then the wild cards will be determined. Who will be the first wild card? Who will be the second wild card? But I think the goal is you can get away from a wild card and play within, you know, basically it's teams picking their opponents here. In the Western Conference, home ice advantage is up for grabs between the, oh, also in the East, Rangers and Hurricanes still battling for first place in the Metropolitan. Rangers are four points back. They Rangers have one extra game to play. Now, those two teams will play each other here on Tuesday night. If the Hurricanes win, they clinch it because the Hurricanes will then um, have 114 points, and the most points the Rangers can finish with is going to be uh, 112 or 113 if they lose in, in overtime. But a Carolina win on Tuesday clinches. In the West, home ice advantage in the 2-3 matchup between Minnesota and St. Louis is on the line. Uh, also, home ice advantage between Edmonton and the Kings is on the line. Now, it's also not out of the wild card is up for grabs, too. It's not yet flinched for the Kings to be the three seed over Vegas. Kings have two games left. They can finish with 100 points. Vegas has three games left. They can only finish with 96. So right now, the Kings have 96 points. If the Kings lose their last two games and Vegas wins their last three games, Vegas would get the spot. Problem is, uh, the Kings' final two games are against the Seattle Kraken and the Vancouver Canucks. Two very, very winnable games. The wild card race now in the Western Conference. Vegas has 90 points, three points back of Dallas, who has 93. And Nashville has 94. Vegas and Dallas will play each other coming up here on Tuesday. If Vegas wins in regulation, they will have 92, and they will be one point back of Dallas, who has 93. And then it comes down to the final two games of the regular season to see who gets the wild card. Whereas uh, Vegas' final games after the Dallas game are against Chicago and St. Louis. Dallas, meanwhile, their final two games after this game, which is in Dallas, by the way, their final two games are against Arizona and Anaheim. Not looking good for the Vegas Golden Knights. But again, stranger things have happened. So let's take a look at the board here for Tuesday and talk about the games that have meaning for some. You have Panthers at the Bruins, Florida minus 125. I love the Bruins in this spot. Florida has nothing to play for. They have won nine out of their last 10 games. Um, 
They had their long winning streak snapped in their last game. And also, the writing's on the wall for them. They have 120 points with three games left. Colorado has 116 points. And they also have three games left. But Colorado has lost four straight games. They are starting to rest players. And I think Florida understands this. And so the President's Trophy's theirs. It's locked up. The Bruins, however, need this win to try and avoid. This is part of my handicap here. Not only do they need this win to try and avoid playing Florida in the first round because they want to get out of the wild card spot and get into the three seed in the Atlantic Division or at least get into a first wild card spot and avoid being the second wild card. But if they so happen, to have to play against Florida in the first round. Because let's say they lose this game and the Capitals or the Penguins wind up being that first wild card and Boston falls to the second wild card. This is an opportunity to send a message to Florida that they can beat them. So I like Boston, a little small plus money price on home ice. Uh, You got the Lightning monster favorites against the Blue Jackets. Columbus has been playing hard here at the end of the year. Good for them. They got nothing to play for, but they're fighting. So good for them. Tampa's minus 380. They should win. Hurricanes-Rangers, huge game. Love the Rangers. Why do I love the Rangers? You don't want, even if the Rangers don't win this division, And it's going to be tough. They're going to have to win this game in regulation and then hope that the Canes lose another game and then they're going to have to win. So let's just not even talk about that scenario. The scenario that they have in front of them is to not let Carolina clinch the division on the Rangers' home ice. No, no, no. Playing in front of your home fans The Rangers have an opportunity here to catch up to the Hurricanes and also not let the Hurricanes clinch. Throw in the fact that both goaltenders for the Hurricanes are injured. Frederick Anderson and former Ranger Antti Ranta. They will likely start rookie Pyotr Kochetkov. 22-year-old, came over from the KHL, looked pretty good this weekend getting his first start. So it's not like this isn't the, the, the last time, this is the first time he's playing. But the Rangers will have Igor Shesterkin in net against Pyotr Kochetkov, a guy who might be a, a little starstruck, right? Watching uh, somebody that he, I'm sure, looks up to in his, um, you know, fellow countryman in Shesterkin. I like the Rangers on home ice, and the price is good enough. It's minus 115. I love it. Oilers-Penguins is uh, going to be a fight. I would stay away from it, if we're being honest, because both teams have something to play for, and I don't really like it. Oilers trying to 
get home ice over the Kings in their first-round playoff series, and the Penguins trying to avoid the wild card and maintain their lead over the Hurricanes in the three-spot. Capitals. Now, I like them here against the Islanders because they need the win. I don't like them because I don't know what's going on with Alex Ovechkin. Alex Ovechkin got hurt in their last game, left with an upper body injury, and looked like he was in pain. And I'm very concerned about this. One, I don't know if he's going to play in this game. And if I'm the Capitals, I might just concede being a wild card and not try and fight. And I would sit Ovechkin for these last couple of games just to make sure that I got him at 100% or as close to 100% in the playoffs. So, I I don't know. I might stay away from the Caps here without Ovechkin because I don't think he's going to play. Vegas and the Stars, what a battle. Vegas, though, you have a 4-2 lead in a must-win game in your final home game of the year against the Sharks with two minutes left. And you allow them to tie the game and then beat you. That is a terrible loss. They're still not mathematically eliminated from the postseason, but you got to wonder where their heart is right now. Uh, the Blues at the Avalanche. Colorado's minus 170. I love St. Louis. Colorado's not trying. Sitting everybody, uh, essentially. They're just looking ahead to the playoffs here. And then the Canucks are still mathematically alive for something. So I like them at home against the Kraken. Vancouver, minus 230. Might look towards a puck line there. So that's what's going on on the ice. Coming up next, we'll take a look at the NBA action and see if we can figure out a Major League Baseball lean or two. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Spring Special is here. For only $59, you get everything VSIN has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VSIN.com. And subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, as well as yours truly's. Uh, Jonathan Von Tobel is going to have his bets best all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil's breaking down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. And we have lots of NFL preseason coverage, not to mention continued best bets, premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VSIN experience, which features daily best bet emails, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, cost is just $59. To be a subscriber through July 31st. So sign up right now. vcin.com slash spring. And for anybody looking for my baseball picks, just uh, on the homepage, not on your app, go to the actual vcin.com website. You can use your mobile device or go on your computer. Scroll down and you'll see uh, quick links. The little gray area, it says quick links. And in there, it says daily best bets from hosts. Click on that. Click on the day of the week which uh, in this case, it will be on Tuesday for the latest picks. And you'll see my picks. Uh, I usually tweet out at Scott's on air. 
when they have been updated, uh, usually a couple of hours, maybe two hours or so before game time. Uh, I, I like to wait and see the lineups and, and whatnot and find out about pitcher availability, bullpen availability, and things like that. Uh, for those keeping score at home, here's what we got. Play of the day record, which we give out one top play of the day, is now at, what are we, 14-4-1 and one on the year. 14-4-1. and one. And plays on vcin.com, since we started doing, uh, we gave out last week, we were 19-6. and six. This week, we're off to a 3-1-1 one, and one start. So, uh, if you're keeping track since last Wednesday, that's what, 22-7-1? So, pretty good start here. I'm thinking about this game, the first game of the day, 6.35 Eastern time. Brewers-Pirates. Now, Milwaukee just had to play a random one game on Monday against San Francisco at home. So weird because it, it had to do with, it was originally an off day when the schedule first came out, but because opening day was pushed back, Major League Baseball is trying to fit in some of these originally scheduled games because remember, we're playing a full 162 here. Um, and so this was a series that was originally in that first week. So now they, they fit it in. Both teams had the off day. They fit in one game here. But think about this from Milwaukee's perspective. They played a weekend series in Philadelphia, which ended late on Sunday night. So late Sunday night game, they then hop on a plane and fly home to Milwaukee from Philly. They play one game against the Giants, hop back on a plane, come back east. So they go from the east time zone to the central time zone back to the east time zone i know it's not crazy but we're still talking about like a i don't know two and a half hour flight it's a, probably the same flight distance even though philly and, and pittsburgh are on opposite sides of the state of pennsylvania but i'm sure it has to do with like the flight angle and you know all the planes and you know the guy with the thing um so about two and a half hour flight so you're flying from philly to milwaukee play a game hop back on a plane Milwaukee to Pittsburgh. That's got to catch up to you sooner or later, right? And maybe it doesn't catch up to them here in this first game. Or maybe this is the first game where it catches up to them. And maybe it's the third game of the series. I I don't know. But I I do know it's not convenient to do all this travel in a basically a two-day span, right? A late Sunday night flight, a game on Monday, a Monday flight, and now a game on Tuesday. Ah, starting to like the Pirates in this spot. Could be very, very uh, intriguing here. Milwaukee minus 175. And, I mean, the Pirates, this could be just a tired Milwaukee team. So, I, I might take a look at the Pirates here. Uh, total is at seven, which is very, very low. But I might have a lean here on the Pirates. Uh, other places I'm kind of looking, um, you know, Jordan Lyles pitched against the Yankees last week and was very successful. Uh, he threw uh, five and a third innings 
of six hit baseball, gave up one earned run. So in that start, because we always like to look for context, okay? In that start, he hits Rizzo to start the game. Then Giancarlo Stanton singles. You got two guys on and nobody out in the top of the first inning for the Yankees. Then you have a fly out, a ground out fielder's choice, and then another ground out. So again, contact, contact, contact. Two runners left on base. Second inning, ground out, walk, double play. All right? Third inning, double, ground out, single, which scored a run, then a strikeout, then another single, then a flyout. Again, contact, contact, base runners, run scored. Fourth inning, line out, fly out, and a strikeout. So that's two strikeouts through four innings. Then in the fifth inning, ground out, pop out, strikeout. Then in the sixth inning, you have single, strikeout, single, walk. Bases loaded. That's a lot of base runners. That's a lot of contact. The Yankees against Lyles, they only scored one run. But now they see him a second time in a short span. Bombers are minus 275. But this could be a game where the Yankees put up some runs. Let me look right now. I'm sure. I don't even have to look because it's probably four and a half, and it's not even up yet. But this might be a Yankees team total over four and a half. I always say context matters. So it's not just about the, it's not just about the box score and the results. It's about what happened in those results. Right? So, yes. On the surface, you look at Jordan Lyles in that start, and you say, hey, look at this guy. Four strikeouts, only gave up one run in five and a third innings against the Yankees. It's a good outing. He did give up six hits. He did walk two batters. He did have multiple, bat- multiple runners on base in multiple innings, including a bases-loaded situation. Hmm. You know, I always say, put the ball in play and good things happen. Another saying is, get guys on base and good things happen. Yankees to put eight guys on base during the innings in which Biles was pitching. That could lead to a, uh, could lead to a team total. That might be the way to look. Um, here's what's going on in the NBA. On Tuesday night, as the playoffs continue here, you got the Hawks and the Heat as Miami looks to close out this series. They have a three games to one lead. Miami a seven and a half point favorite. I do think Miami closes this thing out. Uh, Timberwolves and Grizzlies. Memphis laying six. This series tied at two games apiece. This series has just been so close. And I know that six was the line in games one and games two in Memphis. So it's not like it's a big adjustment. Actually, I think it was six and a half and seven. So actually an adjustment the other way, but not much of an adjustment. Still think given how close this series has been, maybe six is too much. Maybe. Pelicans and Suns, six and a half. In game one of the series, the Suns were a 10-point favorite. 
in game two of the series, the Suns were a nine and a half point favorite. So the adjustment now, obviously no Devin Booker, but the adjustment now is to go from that 10, nine and a half range to six and a half. I said that the Suns would be fine in game three without Booker, but I was worried about game four. And the Suns won, but they didn't cover uh, game three, and they lost game four. I think the Suns win this game. I don't know if they cover the six and a half. Coming up this morning uh, on Follow the Money, Matt Humans, our very own, who joined us here on the program. He will be on the show. Uh, John Shipley, Jaguars beat reporter at 8.30 a.m. as they, we get closer and closer to the draft. Benjamin Raven, a Lions beat reporter, also as we get closer and closer to the draft. And John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. So the guys have the top three selections in the NFL draft covered coming up this morning on Follow the Money. You can follow me, Scott Seidenberg, on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead. You're on Visa. You're on Visa. You're on Visa. You're on Visa.